Hello and welcome to Letters Home. I'm your host, George Leach. This is episode eight. It's been a couple of weeks, so welcome back to Letters Home. Things got a little busy with trips and the holidays, so as a result of there not being an episode for two weeks, this one is packed full of good letters from November 1942. November 5th, 1942. Dear Mom, Dad, Helen, and everybody. I'm sorry I didn't write any sooner. I've been doing a lot of things, and Tuesday evening and Wednesday was our day off, so I couldn't write. But I don't think this excuse is very good. So we will continue with the news flashes from the school front. Item 1. Today, I am all alone in the barrack, because I am the barrack guard. I don't suppose you know what he is, so here goes an explanation. He's the fellow that makes sure everything is in top shape for inspection, which occurs every day by a second lieutenant. It's raining hard out and has been since about 5 p.m. yesterday. So, you've had a little snow in good old Detroit. Boy, I wish I could see it snow instead of rain. It hasn't been very cold here yet, but the boys from down south are all wearing their overcoats. They all say, I wish I was back home where it gets warm once in a while. Then I tell them, wait until it really gets cold. I went to the USO yesterday and they gave me a ticket, free to go and see the stage play Arsenic and Old Lace with Boris Karloff. It was a pretty swell show. The tragedy about the bus and train sure was a sorrowful one. I read about it in a Chicago paper first, but the times you sent me explained it in more detail. We had our final examinations last Sunday. My final average is 88%. We still have to go to school until Tuesday, November 10th, or rather, we graduate then. By the way, how is our radio playing? You know, I need some practical experience now. I received a letter from Father Pisa, and they invited me over for Thanksgiving Day, but I won't be here then, I don't think. From what I hear, we are going to have turkey then. We had turkey last Sunday, too. So, Johnny and Polly went begging on Halloween, eh? How did you guys make out? Say, Johnny, you said you dressed like a bum, but you didn't have to get dressed to be one, did you? I'm just joking, John. How have you guys been listening lately? Remember, I don't want no bad reports, or I'll come home with a bayonet and stab you in your... Well, you know where. Did Wally go into the army yet? I hope. Don't they want that youngster? Tell him if you see him that he owes me a letter. I also got a letter from Mrs. Jackson. She's back in Erie, Pennsylvania. She said to tell you folks, hello. So, hello folks. Flash, flash to daughter. Hi kid, how's everything? Tell him hello for me. I am sending you some pictures, which are not exactly pictures, but if you take them to the corner drugstore and ask the man to develop them, then by golly, they will be pictures. In case you can't tell who they are, I will explain. My buddy Leo is in the picture of the other guy who doesn't look like me. I hope you understand. The picture with the decorated stand is a picture with the Masonic temple in the background. The USO entrance is on the left-hand side. The picture of posts and a building in the background with a soldier sitting on the railing was taken by my buddy. I was sitting there. The shots of us holding up the sign is where we sleep. Not by the sign, but in the tents. That is on our day off. That's my buddy standing by the statue of the horse. The building is the soldier's monument. The reason I'm sending the negatives home is that they don't develop them here. They only develop the roles. Mom, I'm sending a photo of myself to you. I'm sorry I couldn't buy a frame, but the glass might have broke. And besides, I'm broke myself. Payday is this week. How did the picture I sent Helen arrive? This is all for this time, folks. Don't forget to tune in tomorrow for more news from the boys. This is George Leach. 
saying so long. P.S. This stationery was made in Detroit. P.P.S. The three pictures of me can go to John, Paul, and Helen. Helen gets first choice, then John and Paul can fight over what's left. November 11th, 1942. Dear Mom, Dad, Helen, and everybody. Well, here I am in the land of sunshine. We left Scott Field Sunday morning at 10.30, then began our journey, which lasted 49 hours. By rights, we were supposed to graduate Tuesday, November 10th, but they shipped us ahead of time. Now a little about the trip. We started the trip in day coaches. The weather then was cold and it was drizzling. Our first stop was Princeton, Indiana, where some people gave us apples, candies, and cigarettes. After crossing the Ohio River into Kentucky, we stopped and ate on the train out of our mess kits. That was our second meal on the train. After about an hour of walking around, we again boarded the train and set forth, but not for long, as we stopped in Danville, Kentucky. We walked around and ate a ham sandwich. It's not much of a town. We were traveling in the hills already, and you should see some of the homes. They were really pitiful. You wouldn't believe it unless you seen them. We tried to sleep after we left Danville about 11 p.m., but it was a little hard sleeping in a day coach, but I got my 24 winks in. When we awoke in the morning, we ate again, then we pulled into Chattanooga, Tennessee. There, we changed trains and got sleeper cars. Lots of hills around there. The weather was getting warmer right along. I took my sweatshirt off there, then, we were off again. Around five that evening, we stopped in Macon, Georgia and received our diplomas, which said we were radio mechanics. I'll send it home as soon as I get settled. Georgia is quite hilly in the north and not so in the south. The land there is all red. They raise a lot of cotton there, also moonshine. After that, we started moving again. Had a pretty good meal that night. Then, my buddy and I went and stood on the platform of the train and watched the scenery roll by. It was pretty nice. Then came the night and the porter started to make our beds up for us. I got the upper berth. I had a good sleep there. We were awakened gently by the porter at seven o'clock and got dressed and waited for breakfast. We got apple butter jam, butter, and coffee. They ran out of toast, so we put our jam and butter on our cookies and ate. We were in the state of Florida by this time, a very level country full of green grass and palm trees. It was quite hot already. We made about four short stops, but didn't get off. We arrived here at Boca Raton at 11.30 a.m. Tuesday. It was hot, and no kidding, about 15 of us had to help unload our barracks bags off the train into the trucks. Then we got a ride to the camp, while the other fellows had to walk the three miles in the heat. We live in small barracks, 37 in each, and everything here is camouflaged. The buildings are all painted different. We eat out of our mess kits here. No sidewalks here, but all white sand. This is a new camp. The toilets are not all finished. No electricity in them. All the lights go out at nine. Miami, Florida is 35 miles south of here and West Palm Beach is 20 miles north of here. The ocean is about one mile from my barracks. Get ready to send my bathing suit down as soon as I send you my address. As soon as we start school, we move into different barracks. The Everglades swamps are on the west of us I've seen a few real shade trees. They have mostly palm and pine trees here. Anyway, they look like pine. We can go deep sea fishing on our day off. All the schools here have barbed wires around them and are always guarded. The courses last from five to 13 weeks. Boy, it's real nice and hot here. How about Detroit? All right again, your son, George.
P.S. You can write too, but don't send any packages until I send you my other address. November 11th, 1942. Hello again. Well, we moved into our new barracks during a rainstorm. Here's my address. Private George Leach, 636 Technical School Square, AAFTC, Boca Raton Field, Florida. We start school tonight at 10 p.m. till 5 a.m. tomorrow. The graveyard shift, or the zombie shift. Tell me if my pictures arrived home all right. Helen's and yours, Mom. So long for a while. Send me the news from the home front. I guess we will go to school for about four weeks, I guess. I'll find out for sure tonight. George. November 16th, 1942. Dear Mom, Dad, and all. It is 7.30 p.m. Monday, and I just got through washing my socks. While I was washing them, I noticed I had some air conditioning holes around the heel and toes. So I says to myself, I'll write home and ask Mom to send me some socks, about size nine and a half. Maybe she could dig up three pairs for me. I got up at five o'clock today. Seems kind of funny sleeping all day and staying up all night. But then again, that's what Helen and I used to do once in a while. Not so much me though. Yesterday, I went to Fort Lauderdale and that sure is a pretty town. All the homes are white with palm and coconut trees around them, surrounded by green grass. Then there's a little stream or river rather, running through the center of town with a bunch of fishing boats on it. We were going to go fishing yesterday but it was too windy out. Besides, I slept too late. We slept in a hotel. I saw the ocean yesterday for the first time, and it's really a beautiful sight. The waves were very high and broke high up on the beach, while the beach is all fine sand and stretches in all directions, up and down as far as the eye can see. There were a few braving the angry sea. Say, Mom, as soon as you get this letter, go up in my room, Chuck's now, and in a green box, which was in my drawer, is my birth certificate. Please find it and send it to me. Thanks. Well, how's everything at home? Are the kids listening to you or do they need another lecture from me? Is dad feeling okay? How's Mike and Chuck? We have two other boys in our barracks who are Russian and every once in a while, we start talking Russian. The other boys get a kick out of it, even though they call us foreigners. School is swell and we learn plenty, but that's all I can tell you about it. That's all for now, so long. Love to all, your son, George. P.S. Don't forget the birth certificate. P.P.S. Tell Helen to forget about the book, Building of an Empire. P.P.P.S. The birth certificate is needed if I want to go to Air Cadet School. November 19th, 1942. Dear Mom, Dad, and all. Received your card and five smackaroos yesterday and I was very happy to receive it. I thank you, Dad and Mike. It will come in very handy as I don't know when we will get our next pay. I suppose you were wondering why I sent for my birth certificate. Well, I need it in case I go to aviation cadet school. I also need three letters of recommendation, but you won't have to get them, as I wrote to Heather Ohachek, Mr. Ohada, and Mr. Kolbus. My going to that school isn't for sure yet. We had a test in school last Monday, and I got the highest mark in the class. It was a 98%. Yesterday, while I was working in the laboratory, the corporal who teaches us asked me if I wanted to be an instructor. I don't know if I'll be one or not because we haven't finished all of our tests yet. Besides, it would only be a temporary job. We graduate from here in about five weeks, and if you're not going to cadet school or officer's training school, you will probably be shipped out of the States. I don't know how true this is yet, but that's what the fellows around here say. Since I've been here, 
I only received the card in three letters. Either the mail system is bad or nobody is writing. Everything here is swell except they haven't got any good drinking water. I don't know what else to write. When you write, tell me what kind of weather you have home. It's very warm here during the day, nice and cool at night. I still go to school at nights. Your son, George. P.S. Send the birth certificate out if you haven't yet. Thanks. November 24th, 1942. Dear mom, dad, and all, I have to go to school in half an hour, so I'll just write a few lines because, well, this Thanksgiving day will be kind of different from any other I've ever had. I can just think back over the Thanksgiving dinners we used to have. We used to hustle around the kitchen, making sure everything would come out right, and then we would all sit down to eat. Dad would say a few words of prayer, then we sit down and eat that wonderful meal, which only you, Mom, could cook. But you wouldn't sit and eat, no ma'am. No ma'am, you wouldn't. You'd just run between the kitchen and dining room, filling up the table with your wonderful home cooking. But this year, I'll miss that meal like thousands of other fellows will. We will have our meals all over the world. I don't know what we will have yet, but I hear it's turkey. Well, Mom, maybe by next year, we will have our Thanksgiving dinners together like we used to. So till my next letter, so long, your son. George. November 26, 1942. Dear Mom, Dad, Helen, and all, I received the package yesterday just before I went to town. We had today off. Thanksgiving, you know. I had two swell meals, turkey for dinner and fried chicken for supper. Let's forget the meal for a while and get to the package. First of all, the cookies, they were swell and all of us want to thank you. I'm eating cookies while writing this letter now. The wallet is beautiful. Boy, it's really swell. Just what I wanted. To daughter, thanks a million for the Christmas cards. They are, and then he has something written here in Russian that I really can't decipher. I wanted to translate it, but I can't make it out. Okora kapko. Must be a nice compliment. To the kids, John and Paul, thanks for the socks. It feels good to put your feet in a pair of holeless stockings. I'm sending you guys a coconut. Peel off the outside of the shell, and the coconut is inside. Then, make a hole in the coconut and get the milk out of it first. It's real good. Then, break the shell and eat the coconut. The Bible and metal are real nice. They will come in handy. I had a swell time today. The weather was very warm. In fact, so warm that I went swimming in the ocean. Boy, is that water salty. It was very warm, though. I even got a little suntan. We were swimming and playing on the beach for about four hours. I have to go to school tonight. We had last night off. So, you were a little nervous when those detectives were up at the house, eh, Mom? They were just getting some info for the FBI. They check up on all the fellows who come to this school. I don't know what else to write for now, so I'll close. Thanks again for the package. It was a swell thing. We took some pictures under an orange tree last week. I'll send them as soon as they come out, if they came out. Your son, George. Alright, thoughts on episode 8. There was a lot to take in here, and Gigi had a lot going on, went into great detail about it. He mentioned the bus and a train tragedy, so I did some research and found an article dated October 28, 1942. Its headline reads, 20 die in bus crash. The subheadline says, school bus hit by train in Detroit. There are some sad details that follow explaining that a southbound Grand Trunk Western passenger train struck a school bus at the Oakland-Kniff crossing 
and nearly 20 children were killed. Wreckage was strewn along the road for nearly two blocks, and several of the victims were caught in the undercarriages of the passenger coaches of the train, which came to a halt a quarter of a mile past the crossing. The tower watchman explained that the bus driver stopped to let a northbound freight pass the intersection, then he started to cross and must not have seen the southbound train until it was on top of him. The train was a through-passenger train bound from Chicago to Detroit. Gigi said it was a sorrowful event, and it seems like it really was. Fortunately, he mentions his own more successful trip on the rails. He makes it to Boca Raton, Florida after 49 hours of travel that included a day coach for the first part of his trip and a sleeper coach from Chattanooga, Tennessee on. I like this part of the letters because he seems genuinely interested in the different parts of the country. He takes in the sights and just seems to enjoy it. Not that I ever did, but I definitely have no interest in visiting Danville, Kentucky now. I also really enjoyed his perspective on Georgia. He's talking about everything being read there. As a kid, I lived in an area of Georgia near Macon, and after spending a day outside playing, you would oftentimes come inside with red clothes. It's because most of the soils there are red due primarily to iron oxides. The warm, humid climate of Georgia weather acid crystalline rocks on rolling hills over time. Essentially, it means the soils are old and they've been exposed to intense weathering for a considerable amount of time. After his journey, he's finally in Florida, seems to be enjoying it so far. He likes the warm weather and he's already went swimming in the ocean. It also seems like he's looking forward to possibly doing some fishing. He still seems to miss home and is nostalgic for the past Thanksgivings he's had. As he mentioned, he and thousands of other men were away from home during this Thanksgiving. It's really neat to see him being optimistic about being home and the war being over for the next Thanksgiving, but it's also sad knowing it didn't work out that way. He received another package, and in addition to some of his out-of-the-ordinary gifts, like holist stockings from his brothers, he also received more cookies. And it's just crazy to me to think he would be nice enough to keep sharing these with others. But I guess he's at a new place, and from what he wrote, there weren't any guys going crazy enough over them to steal him and run off, climb bunks. The last thing I wanted to mention is his repeated request to get his birth certificate from home and the possibility of going to aviation cadet school. He shows a decent amount of concern to obtain his birth certificate and talks about needing letters of recommendation. You can tell aviation cadet school is important to him. Hopefully, he updates us on where that stands soon. What happens? Where's the school at? Does he get in? We'll find out soon on the next episode, Letters Home. This has been Letters Home. Letters Home features music by Scott Buckley. Music by Scott Buckley can be found at www.scottbuckley.com.au. Thanks for listening and tune in next week to Letters Home.